your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be very afraid. It's the Halloween edition of the Chad and Cheese Show, HR's scariest motherfuckers to rock a mic ever. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sowash. On this week's show, Indeed is making more euros than you are. The LinkedIn (laughs) gravy train is coming to an end, and we recap the scariest shit from last year's show in recruitment. It's mostly treats, but there might be a few tricks for your eardrums. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after an actual ad finally from canvas sweet canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage screen and coordinate logistics via text and so much more we keep the human that's you at the center while canvas bot is at your side adding automation to your workflow Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text, at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. You will never hear Bitmoji next to compliance in any other ad ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So, So yeah, that was Amber from Canvas. So we've always talked about how Sovereign has like great in-house voice talent freaking canvas just knocked out of the park <laughs> i thought that was awesome yeah who needs this who needs stinking voiceover talent from fiverr when you've got in-house talent for free no shit shout outs do it hire conf <laughs> we've talked about it before november 7th through the 8th uh-huh. new york city yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be there and we're gonna be tearing up shit uh they they're they've given us a discount code for 50 percent. is that right am i reading yeah, that right? dude it's yeah it's 50 percent off holy cow 50 percent off use the <laughs> the code chad cheese dude if you're in new york jersey anywhere on 90 i-95 that can make it up to manhattan you need to be there, and now is a, a extra reason to save some money and be there at HireConf, New York City, November seventh through the eighth. Uh, is it HireConf.com? I guess. Yep. Yeah, it's not mine. HireConf.com. It's just HireConf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go to ChadCheese.com, I've got a little banner that's there. If you click on that, it automatically has the code mm-hmm. and it pushes it in, so you don't even have to add the discount code we've already done that shit for you or at least page did you are the you are the wix whisperer at wix site hey i also hear that ed from philly is going to be there so i mean my big question is should we pull together some friends for him while he's there 
That's why I said he's, he said he's going to heckle us. And I said, <laughs> you and all your, quote, friends that are going to be there. And those who don't know, uh, give them the backstory on this whole friends thing because it's, it's semi-amusing. Ed's hilarious, right? And we finally get to meet him in Vegas. And I can't remember he had said something about friends in Vegas. And I can't remember how the whole conversation started, but we took it to the podcast and said, hey, look, Ed from Philly is going to be in Vegas during HR Tech. He needs friends. So let's get some friends together for Ed in Vegas. And that's kind of kind of rolled into where we always need to help Ed get friends. That's our thing. We love the guy. Yeah, we, we became it's just lunch in uh, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's like, dude, I have friends. You know, you don't, you don't need to say that. So it's just sort of a running joke, Ed. We love you, man. It's all good. We'll see you in New York. Uh, Derek Pilcher, thanks for sharing the pod. All the love on Twitter. Todd Markle over at Hello Hire says he's a huge fan. Uh, and he's actually just over in, in Cincinnati. Nice. Josh Zwain. Oh, Jay-Z. I did pronounce that correctly. Uh, shout out to him for giving Indeed some shit about uh, their new staffing firm, Blockage. Uh, oh, yeah. He questioned whether or not it was really good for job seekers. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it really a, a deduplication issue or was it just surprise about making more money? Yeah. And I think that's pretty simple. It's like, uh, you know, this is a better experience for the job seekers because we're taking these jobs out of the organic content, which could be duplicate jobs. And it's like, okay, asshole, if that's the case, then why is it they can pay you to put those jobs back in the feed? It's not in the organic feed, it's in the paid feed, but it's still in the goddamn feed. So how is that good for the job seeker? Oh, wait a minute, you're getting money. That's how it's good for the job. That's bullshit. Total propaganda. Big ups for Josh on that one. That was funny. (laughs) Um, Shout out to Instagram. (laughs) Research came out this week that says uh, among the kiddies out there, Instagram is now more popular than Snapchat. Mm. Um, I think everyone saw this coming, but the numbers are finally starting to come through. Snapchat, it was nice knowing you. Instagram has <laughs> taken you over with the children. Kenny Staubach always gives us love on LinkedIn, and I don't think we've ever given him him a shout out. So, so Kenny, our apologies, buddy. Here's your shout out. What's, he's like the this will age me, but he's like the uh, the love child of Roger Staubach <laughs> and Kenny Stabler. Like, how does how does that work? Anyway, oh. uh, Dennis Tucker shout out who loves the show. Yeah. Loves he's got to be a top ten fan. The the doctor is number one yeah. and has been from day one. Oh, yeah. But Dennis Tupper uh, sent us some funny stuff uh, on on uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> to talk about it at the end of the show. But Dennis is always giving us good stuff, and I don't know if we've ever given him a shout out. So big ups to Dennis out there. We we love your your ears. Yeah. So we we also posted that uh, in a day last week that we had over thirteen hundred listeners. I mean, we're just starting to blow the roof off this thing. Thanks guys for listening. We really appreciate it. But still, get your friends, family, and peers. Get them to listen to. So Tim Sackett says this is one of the few podcasts he listens to. And Tim, buddy, okay, so I'm not sure listening to only the episodes you're in over and over and over counts. But but thanks, man. We we appreciate it. <laughs> I did love Tim's comment that uh, our listenership has to be attributed to Russian hacking. <laughs> I'm not denying or confirming that, but you know, 
It is it is throwing stones, and we don't really appreciate that, Tim. Yeah. But it is what Tim does. Thanks. Thanks um, my last one, I think, yours too. Uh, go vote, suckas. Uh, we're like 12, 11 days here in the States from Election Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, journalists are getting hacked up across the world. Like, this is weird times. We got bombs showing up in mailboxes. Like, go out and vote. Get your, you know, your voice heard. That's the only way things change if you want things to change. But go vote. And by the way, Uber and Lyft for free rides to the polls on election yeah no shit and they're they've expanded voting days for goodness sakes i mean I, I can go vote today you can go vote today in many states not all states um but they've expanded the voting days right not to mention companies some companies are actually giving election day off so that you can get your ass to the polls this is our ask of you if you do anything for the chad and cheese go fucking vote it's no fun to vote like not on election day though. I just want to say that. It's fun to go and see like the whole dem- democracy in action thing. Don't just walk in with a couple people and go anyway. Dude, have you seen the lines? Have you seen the lines in some of these though? These these early voting? I mean, it has been huge. The turnout has been huge. So Yeah, if you're in a small town like me, I'm in Columbus, Indiana, that might be the case. But I mean, I don't care when you vote, guys. I don't care. Just go vote. Shout out's done. Done. Can I start my rant? Yes. (laughs) Rant slash prediction. So it was was a little more ranty this morning in the shower. It's kind of it's kind of faded. (laughs) But those who are in marketing will appreciate this, I think. I'm going to take you back little history lesson, okay? You know, because I, I understand a lot of the, our viewers are younger. Millennials love us. But there was a time, late 90s, early 2000s, pro- let's just say late 90s, where if you had email, you loved email. Yeah. When you got an email, it was from your mom. It was from your best friend. It was from, you know, the, the chick you're trying to hook up with. Like, you really looked forward to emails. And then marketers got to emails and fucked everything <laughs> up like marketers always do, right? Yeah. So spam was a huge issue. So I'd say 2000 to you know the Can Spam Act of you know 2002 or whenever it was, um, that didn't really stop the spam. But sp- spam has destroyed email. Fortunately, algorithms are better. Gmail and others are pretty good about filtering really, really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but spam is still an issue. And most people like me, don't really love email. It's just something like it's a to-do thing. Like you just got to go through them. I delete probably 80% of my emails. I'm just too lazy to unsubscribe because I figure, well, maybe I will one day want uh, Old Navy pullover. So I just keep getting these emails. So anyway, <laughs> text has been and is, particularly in the States, a haven for like non-spam, right? For the most part, everything on your on your phone is you signed up for, it's someone you know, it's legit, right? Because the government has said, we're going to fine you to the gills if you spam people on their phones. And to to the most part, they have. Now, historically, uh, those kind of spammy mass text messages have been sent through what's called a short code. So a short code is a five to six digit number. You've probably, you know, you've probably seen, you know, text text whatever to 22118 or something, right? Like it's a shorter number to remember. Those are seriously regulated. And to spam through those short codes, you're not going to have the short code for very long, okay? So now you have Twilio and other services that make it super easy to get phone numbers, you know, the mm-hmm. 11, whatever, 11 digit, what? how many digits are phone numbers now? 
they're uh, they're 10 digits, right? So 10 yeah. digit number um, and then send messages. <clears throat> and that's worked great because you can get a phone number real cheap. You can send messages really easily. But I've seen signs recently, particularly with politics happening and the election happening. My wife, for example, was sent a text randomly from a 10 digit number. Uh-huh. And it was a survey of who she was going to vote for in West Virginia because she still has her West Virginia phone number. But that's beside the point. She got a she got a spam about surveying the political landscape. Yeah. I got a spam uh, a couple of days ago about voting for uh, our senator that's up for re-election. Totally like not signed up for anything. It's a 10 digit number. Okay. If this if this thing keeps happening where people are spammed with 10 digit numbers that aren't regulated like short codes are, uh-huh. then that whole thing is going to be cracked down on big time. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do it. Uh, Twiller is going to be under under the microscope with what they're doing with just giving out numbers. You're going to have to have a number for a certain period of time before you can text on it. I don't know what's going to happen exactly, but I can tell you that if marketers fucked up email, they're going to try. They're they're doing their best to fuck up text messaging. And I see signs of it happening. And I say this because not only from a marketing standpoint, but it could totally derail. Companies like Canvas, Text Recruit, et cetera, who do send, you know, mass messages and have mm-hmm. the capability to send mass messages, let's be honest, automatically through their platforms. Um, that could really squash their business. So sort of a rant, sort of a prediction that I think the whole text messaging with 10-digit numbers that are gotten off Twilio for free in mass is probably short-lived. And I think we're starting to see the early signs of that. Um, in the last few months, at least from my anecdotal experience. Rant over. So the effectiveness, yeah, the effectiveness goes down dramatically when that starts happening, right? Yeah. And that's the last thing we need. But, you know, marketing is still going to fuck it up. Yeah. I mean, how mad are you going to be if you get 12 text messages that you don't know what the hell number it is, who it is? It's, mm-hmm. it's a marketing message. People are going to freak the yep. fuck out if that starts happening. Yeah. 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 Not as bad as me freaking the fuck out because we don't need to think about you naked ranting in the shower. Just, you know, that's that that's not an image I need in my head. OK, dude, that's YouTube bold <laughs> right there. <laughs> It's too bad our mics aren't waterproof. We could do the show from the shower like Kramer style with, uh, <laughs> with the garbage disposal. That way, that's a that's another Rockwell in the shower. That's, that's anyway, another date. I, I date I date us a lot in this show. Date most you. of our listeners, I think, are of a certain age where they they've seen Seinfeld and and know who Roger Staubach is. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I think maybe the former, not much as the latter. Yes. So indeed, you were you wanted to talk about indeed this whole global thing. We we give indeed a lot of shit, yeah. and they deserve it. Um, but they are they are apparently knocking the the leather off the ball over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Recruit Holdings is their you know their ownership. They they're you know they give public reports and people know numbers. Um, over in the the non U.S. Market. So you've got Europe, you've got the Middle mm-hmm. East, and you've got Africa. Indeed is destroying it, like crushing it. 66% growth last year, I think 40% growth the year before that. Um, they've doubled their staff. Uh, they're building new headquarters. They're in Dublin, Ireland. Yep. Um, they're going to hire a thousand people. They're going to get to a thousand people. They're going to hire another thousand people uh, in the next year or so. Um, so we give we give them a lot of crap. But they are doing some really good things over in Europe, Middle East, and African markets. 
Now, I think what you're going to say and what I will say is they better enjoy it. <laughs> Google's coming. LinkedIn's coming. Yeah. Uh, everyone's coming for that market, uh, particularly Google, who just launched uh, in Ireland recently, uh, India recently. Uh, we know about Canada and the yeah. UK recently. So right. Right. Uh, enjoy it while it lasts, I guess, would be my my. Um, my caveat to that statement, but for now, man, pop the champagne. Time is times are good yeah. for indeed over in Europe. Yeah. Well, I wonder if the European companies are watching what's happening over here with U.S. staffing because staffing in in Europe is more prominent for companies to actually go through. I mean, that's that's pretty normal to go through a staffing company to be able to get any type of position filled. So, you know, I wonder if they're watching what's happening over here and just kind of biding time on uh, which that, you know, when that's actually going to to change for them. Yeah, I don't think they can do it in in England. From what I understand, the UK, all hiring is pretty much done with with uh, staffing companies. And so I can't imagine they could do it over in the UK. But but we'll see. And this is a good conversation to have. Reach out to Louise or something uh, to see if the jobs are actually posted on the corporate career sites over there. Because if they are, then, yeah, they could definitely do that. I mean, they could. Since we talked about kind of like this big shutting the door to to, to all staffing companies, that's going to happen in January of 2019. I've had plenty of people come out of the, the woodwork to be able to talk about kind of like from the inside and, and in individuals who've been on the inside about what's been happening there for years. I mean, you know, some of the big staffing companies have had their organic jobs pulled down years ago, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Those same companies are actually paying more than they did before. I mean, Indeed has kind of slow rolled this whole thing. Indeed just didn't start ripping all staffing jobs down in one day. They started slow rolling it uh, to see if they'd lose customers, but uh, they gain even more wallet share from others. So, you know, some some organizations actually had a, a couple that uh, were pointed to that I won't name. Um, their spend tripled after this happened. Mm-hmm. So we actually have some live coverage from a staffing company when they learned that Indeed was going to be pulling the plug on their jobs. <laughs> Yeah, that was the Indeed sales rep laughing as they uh, <laughs> open the door. Yeah, that's uh... <laughs> behind this whole thing. Sales has targeted companies and they've used kind of like the search quality team as their hatchet men. So if a company wouldn't call their Indeed rep back, the rep would submit a data quality ticket, I think they call it, for for the search quality team. Mm -hmm. Uh, The search quality team would then, quote unquote, review the actual jobs on Indeed. And pretty much at that point, uh, they'd get pulled down out of the organic. And and it was almost like it was almost like a given that that's exactly the steps that would happen. The jobs would come down. I love that you call the search quality team the hatchet men. These are like the nerdiest, like lowest key people you'll ever meet that are doing this stuff. Hatchet men, the search quality team. From what they'd said is they actually just set those jobs to go to nowhere. They keep the jobs just in case they want to start paying, 
right? So they don't have to go through and re-index the feeds or anything like that, but they can set them to nowhere, which is where all the careerbuilderjobs.net jobs are going. So, you know, all of those companies that they provide uh, kind of like the the uh, search pages for, for their, for their corporate career site, and they have the jobs that are um, on the careerbuilderjobs.net domain and so on and so forth. Uh, from my understanding, all those got those jobs go to nowhere on Indeed today. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, we actually have another live camera at a staffing yes. company uh, when they learned about Indeed. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, so, it, I mean, what would you be doing if you were a competitor of Indeed right now? Calling every staffing company I could. I mean, I, I would come up with specific programs that were focused on trying to win that dollar. Because I, again, if history shows, and from what we've, we've, at least what I've been told, is that the staffing companies pretty much just go ahead, pull out their wallet and say, yeah, yeah, you got me. I can't do anything about this. Um, and then they just pay, yeah. which is... It just drives me crazy because if you think about it, it's it's cost, you know, pay per click uh, or it's pay for uh, application. Right. So mm-hmm. none of that has to do with a qualified candidate. And if you take a look at companies like Zip, they're really focused on quality, right, on quality candidates, not search quality, but actual qualified delivering qualified candidates. So, you know, I just can't understand why companies aren't focused in that area to be able to make it more efficient and more cost effective uh, for their dollar. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me because Indeed's not really focusing on that right now. They're just throwing as many candidates as you as they possibly can. I mean, there's a big gap between what job sites are charging still and what companies are paying for this talent. Like the gap is so wide that companies are going to continue to pay whatever the hell they have to until that gap is closed, which I don't think it ever will because staffing firms make a ton of money. They do, but in most cases, they have that talent already in their goddamn resume databases. <laughs> That's no fun. I just, it's already there. It's like, I, I, I just don't get this at all. You've spent millions millions of dollars in building a resume, especially if you're a staffing company in building these resume databases, how you haven't focused on being able to surface talent that you've already paid for. And then also refreshing that talent and doing that kind of, I I don't understand. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Oh yeah. I'm just going to go over here, open up my wallet, pay indeed so I can get more candidate flow. Well, you're paying for goddamn candidates that you already have in your database, probably six or seven times over. Yeah. Okay. Dude, there are some big winners in this, like everybody else, pretty much. Everybody else as in, you mean like all the Indeed competitors or? Well, if money isn't going to Indeed, it's going somewhere and it's filtering to everywhere else that people yeah. aren't spending money or it's they're spending more money where they weren't spending before. So to me, like a lot of the vendor space were probably cheering when Indeed made this move. Yeah. If, if they can execute. That's the biggest issue, right? Because Indeed's been doing this for years now, slowly picking off staffing companies. And then staffing Mm -hmm. companies either do one or two things. They tell Indeed to go fuck themselves or they pull out their wallet and they pay three times or who knows more Mm -hmm. just to be able to get their jobs in there. So, I mean, this is really the call to all of those other organizations that are out there to be able to focus on, I mean, yeah, definitely staffing companies, but just product overall. 
um, it's not just about the traffic, the, 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 the active traffic shit. You've got so many passive candidates that you can activate in your database. It just makes no damn sense to me. Not to mention, you've got other companies that are out there that, again, if you're looking for traffic shit, they deliver traffic too. Do we still kind of think Indeed will become a staffing firm at some point or they will have something related? I I think if they're moving that direction, they're going to lose. Like their owner, that's what they do. Yeah, in in Asia. I mean, but this is an entirely different- They know how to do it. They know the- they know model. how to do it in Asia, dude. This it's an entirely different world. I guarantee you. In Asia, I mean, I know, I understand there are cultural differences, but I mean, they yes. still talk to each other and interview each other and call each other on the phone and shit. I totally Asia. get it, but it's an entirely different landscape. I just I just don't see that happening with Indeed's hubris. You don't think they just think they could pull it off? No, I think I think they can try i just think they'll fail you know and and from my standpoint failure being you know top five i don't think that they'd ever be able to get that big and when they fail we'll be there to talk about it (laughs) i think we've hit our indeed quota for this week's show what do you think? thank god let's talk about zip zip going mobile going ai launched uh job seeker profiles which is not the most creative name in the world um (laughs) so essentially uh, they have 7 million uh, or so iPhone, iOS, Android users. Uh, now, when they use ZipRecruiter, they'll be uh, directed to submit sort of this profile slash resume. Um, mm-hmm. You've uploaded a resume. You can PDF or whatever. It'll take the data from the uploaded resume and auto-populate um, your, your job seeker profile. It's AI technology will make recommendations to stuff to add or language to change, et cetera. Um, it's not huge news. It's not super sexy. Like mobile is, it feels like almost a a story that should have been out in 2012 or something, but Uh I do love like the AI component, the seriousness about it. Uh, we've talked about it a few times. This to me is just another step to say, you know, we're going to continue to roll out AI features. Uh, we have 200 employees, engineers working on AI. We've got a new facility in Tel Aviv with mm-hmm. 50, 20 to 50 folks working on AI questions. So uh, to me, this is just sort of the ongoing onward AI strategy of Zip that we both find pretty interesting. Yeah. And again, there are very few organizations that are out there today in our space that are dedicated to delivering qualified candidates. And and I'm not sure that Zip, they're really going down that path and they're going down that path quickly, especially within AI, being able to parse information out of uh, a resume and then provide context. And then, I mean, there's just so much that you can do at that point. Uh, we don't, I mean, just don't see enough of that happening as it is. So I really believe that, yeah, this is a nice little piece that I think is starting to close the linkages for more of like a, Z, a zip ecosystem mm-hmm. per se. It's a nice ad for companies, the SMB side of the house to be able to reach new and different candidates faster, right? So just adding more info into the profiles, being able to, to target better. But I think they're moving in a different direction than many other organizations are. And I believe personally, they are moving in the right direction because it's all about quality. And keep in mind, this is, uh, this is on the heels of raising $156 million at a billion, uh, billion and a half, I believe valuation. So, uh, zip is definitely one to watch. I still think they're a huge acquisition target for somebody. 
or a few companies probably. Um, because as a standalone, it's just, it's going to still, it's going to be tough long-term to, to make it on their own, but they're doing the right things and definitely adding a tech, a tech layer to their offering, uh, increases their value. It's not just job postings, which we know from history is not worth a lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the people and the tech and the data, like that's where a lot of the value is. And they are definitely building that if nothing else. Yeah, they are. And speaking of awesome tech, let's hear from our sponsor sovereign about what they're up to parsing parsing and all that good stuff they are real ai white hat ai white hat ai sovereign is known for providing the world's best and most accurate parsing products and now based on that technology comes sovereign's artificial intelligence matching and scoring software in fractions of a second receive match results that provide candidates scored by fit to job and just as importantly the jobs fit to the candidate make faster and better placements Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. <laughs> Love it. White hat. You were riding up in that white hat. Well, what did, they, what did they call it? Was it white hat? Uh like white AI, black AI, I don't know. What yeah, I think what, I mean, what you're starting to see now is they're talking about white box versus black box. Oh yeah. that's and, it. And yeah. So there are like Google's black box. You don't, you don't know why you're receiving the type. You, you don't know what the algorithm looks like. You can't see the algorithm. Google just says, Hey, this is the best return that you're going to get. Right. Versus some of the other ones that are out there. Um, like the in commons of the world who have, you know, more of a, a white box kind of scenario. So you can see exactly why, by the way, in common, I'll, also a sponsor un- unveiling some cool shit in the next couple weeks. Uh, just a little teaser out there. But um, if you're not on the uncommon bandwagon yet, it's it's definitely time to, to get on. Uber staffing. This kind of came out of nowhere, but maybe not. It makes a little bit of sense. <laughs> huh? It does. I mean, Uber works is I think the the actual the, the banner that it's going to be under. It sounds really cool. I mean, it says, you know, Uber's quietly developing a short term staffing business called Uber Works to expand on-demand model in addition and in additional types of temporary work like waiters, security guards. Um, I mean, just all these different areas. That, just from my standpoint, though, as I read through it, it's like, okay, are, are you using the base of individuals like your drivers, right, as your talent pool? Maybe they want to also do waiting jobs, like on-demand waiting jobs or uh, maybe security job. Who the, who the hell knows, right? If they're, if they're qualified, but I, I wasn't, I didn't really understand where their talent pool was going to come from aside from those individuals who currently drive for them. Yeah. I think it's, I think someone at Uber or a few people at Uber said, Oh my God, look at the, like the talent base of contract workers or gig workers that we have. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most in the world. It's probably more than, you know, snag and others that have been doing it for quite a while. And someone said, Yeah, how do we get them connected to other opportunities and how do we make a lot of money doing that? And they Mm. already have the infrastructure. People can already use their app, you know, turn themselves on for, you know, driving opportunities. It's not going to be super tough to be like, oh, hey, you want, are you open to other opportunities? Like go deliver groceries. Do you want to go deliver uh, dry cleaning? Do you want to, do you want to go wait tables? Do you want to like, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. Uber has the infrastructure and the, the head count to actually do this thing. Um, so I think it's pretty fascinating. 
Um, it's a real sort of left turn from where they've been going. I know they're looking to go public soon. So this yeah. is like another thing I guess they could build in terms of revenue opportunity and growth. But um, yeah, it's definitely worth worth watching. Um, I mean, we, we talk a lot about the gig economy. If anyone is sort of primed to leverage the giggers and mobilize them to opportunities, it's got to be Uber. So Uber should actually buy Snag so that they can have that database and push it into <laughs> into their system. I mean, if they really want to go after something like this, I mean, that would make a hell of a lot of sense, wouldn't it? I don't know if they'd have to buy Snag. Um, I mean, technologically, yeah. they don't. I don't know if they have if Snag has that many more workers. Now I'm just talking about a database. Uh, Uber doesn't do a lot of acquisitions that I'm aware of. I mean, Uber's not really yeah. our lane, but um, you don't hear much about them. They sort of build it themselves. But yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, maybe it's just a Skunk Works project, and they'll they'll do a test in San Fran to see what happens, and if it works, great. If not, you know, they'll just they'll just chunk it. I like. The thought of them spreading out because they are already giving jobs, flexible jobs that are driver jobs or Uber Eats delivery jobs uh, to individuals. But being able to to expand does provide for uh, a better story for IPO. Yeah. I mean, why can't you hire people for temporary work or gig work on Uber just like you get a driver? I mean, it's sort of the same. Uber could be like mm-hmm. the utility for everything you need uh, work related. Yeah. And well, and that's what we've been talking about for uh, with Snag. We've kind of seen them possibly moving in this direction of being the Uber of, you know, this segment. And, uh, you know, they better get their shit together if they're going to be. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, paired with restaurants, Uber Eats. I mean, all those relationships are already being forged. But uh, yeah, we're going to we're watching you, Uber. You're coming over into our space, so we're gonna we're gonna pay attention. Um, someone that's been in our space forever uh, is LinkedIn. Yes, and there was an interesting interesting blog post by a, a guy uh, Tim Queen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's a LinkedIn traffic guru, I guess. Marketing guy uh, had a blog post out basically saying that the the gravy train of traffic that people have been enjoying on LinkedIn is coming to an end. Wait a minute. Is this, are we talking about LinkedIn or are we talking about Indeed now? Because it seems very similar <laughs> yeah. here. Gravy train is over <laughs> for everybody. It is LinkedIn. So anyone who has marketed on social media or at least has posted and seen numbers do what they do uh-huh. knows that you know Twitter was really nice because there weren't a lot of people on Twitter and it was usually interesting people and like the commentary was interesting. Uh, their algorithm has not really changed. They're trying to change it uh, and they've sort of suffered for you know massive masses of people and whatnot uh facebook didn't want to come under that same scrutiny so they create an algorithm based on you know likes and engagement and what kind of content they know is more favored a little bit's curated because of the fake news thing um so you you used to get a ton of traffic on both of those and you've seen that fade a little bit unless you really post some good shit for a long time linkedin has been great um, for things like if something is liked, it's shared on that person's feed, you know, sharing right. was like, they just paid a lot of attention to getting engagement with users and everyone kind of knew that the traffic train was going to come to an end and that you would have to pay for pay for the traffic or you'd have to be really creative. Um, and that seems to be happening. Video was a great example. And you and I live this because on, was it draft night or Super Bowl night of this year? Uh, you and I posted a video on LinkedIn, which was really stupid. It was yeah. just us saying, I don't even know what we said, like, hey, from Chad and Cheese, we're here watching the Super Bowl. 
whatever. And it got like thousands of views and it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Those days are over. Like you can't just post a video and get a bunch of traffic. You actually have to like have good content in order to, to engage. So anyway, uh, it's now time to move on to, I don't know, Snapchat or uh, Instagram or somewhere else because the traffic, the traffic gravy train is coming to an end at uh, LinkedIn for crappy content. So here's a question, though. I mean, are, are just companies going to be challenged to, to kind of cli- Facebook boost on LinkedIn or is this going to be an individual's things? Because, I mean, you know, most people post as individuals, right? This is just like our video. It might be company stuff. It might not be company stuff. Who knows? So I wonder if this is going to be like individual account based or how that's actually going to work because LinkedIn is, I mean, really used in, in a much different fashion than, than Facebook is. So an example, one example I think that um, the post talked about was if you, if you posted a, like a blog style uh, update to LinkedIn, which is great. Um, and it, it, it typically gets a lot of engagement. Um, if you're not, so they have what basically that they have like premium users or like people that have been approved, sort of the yeah. blue badge, uh, folks like those people will continue to post and I think still get a ton of engagement. Mm-hmm. The average Joe who just posts a blog on LinkedIn, unless it's really good, is not going to get a whole lot of engagement. And the reason that they pushed that initially was they wanted people to post. So they got more exposure and people posted. Now they're used more to content. posting and they hope that people still do that. The same is with video. Like anyone who posted a video got a lot of engagement to make people post videos. Mm -hmm. But now just because you post a video doesn't mean you're going to get engagement. Now, I do think it's interesting to think that Facebook used to have for personal users, a little boost button. Um, And for $7, you could have your birthday announcement or your wedding engagement uh, boosted throughout your network. Uh They've taken that away because either, I guess, nobody used it or it was confusing or people didn't like it. Um, I could definitely see a thing for LinkedIn where you boost something and you get exposure where you didn't before or you've lost exposure Mm -hmm. um and i do think they're trying to get more companies engaged like you know their new insights have branding uh they just bought you know glint for 400 million dollars and that's that's a company solution right that you'd use on linkedin so i think they want them Uh companies to post more they want to get people uh companies to get follow more followers um, and that could be part of where the algorithm goes, but yeah, I think it'll affect everyone, but I think if you're a personal user and you've, you've been really enjoying the engagement and the traffic that you're getting on LinkedIn, I think that that could be short lived and you may have to start paying for, uh, for the exposure that you used to like. Well, that fucking sucks. Welcome to uh, <laughs> capitalism, baby. <laughs> if it don't make money, it don't make sense. Uh, but what me. does make sense is what? job at X. <laughs> Another awesome sponsor. Let's take a break on them and then we'll get to the scary shit for the Halloween season in recruitment. As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms dynamic job bidding and real-time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management, and LiveAlert eliminates latency and expired job ads via email. 
For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. JobAdX, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising needs. <laughs> Smooth as butter. I mean, the, the, those ads, Sovereign, Canvas, JobAdX, I mean, they, they're smooth as butter. Can we get to the scary shit? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> for everybody out there, Joel, this is like Joel's favorite time of the year, I think. Because when we start talking about Halloween and talking about scary shit, I mean, it's almost like he lights up on, on the microphone. If it's anybody's time right now, this is Joel Cheeseman's time. So let's let's all listen. I love the holidays yeah. in general. Like from, from October to January 1st, it's just like the best time. It is. It's eating, drinking, the holidays, <laughs> Napping. The, the temperature yeah. changes, the trees yeah. change, football season, baseball World Series, basketball starts, hockey starts. Like it's just, it's the best time. Um, and Halloween just rockets that off. And if you have young kids like yes. I do, Halloween is especially great because kids care and they dress up and they carve pumpkins and they go you know, they go to the, the, the hay, whatever the, the farm and they do, uh, corn mazes and all this Midwest shit that a lot of people don't uh-huh. appreciate, but yeah, it's a, great, it's a great time of year. And I twisted Chad's arm to be like, <laughs> dude, we got to do a Halloween segment. Let's talk about some of the scary shit that we've talked about in recruitment over the last year or so. So I don't know how you want to do this. We could each take one or just let me start off with Sophia is the creepiest thing I've seen this year, period. All right. Give the people who don't know Sophia or women named Sophia out there. um, (laughs) Tell them what you're talking about. So the Android thingy that uh, who who's whose robot is this? I can't remember now. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's an Android-ish type of uh, kind of uh, plastic face that has like the facial kind of smiles. And and it just, it, it is as creepy as shit. Go to YouTube. We're going to be saying this a lot during the segment. Go to YouTube, put in Sophia Robot, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Creepy as yeah, shit. Her brain is glass and you can see. Like see the the cords and the wiring. Now again on the YouTube, while you're searching her, throw in Will Smith in there. There's a, a he has he has a date with her, and it, it's <laughs> she interacts with him as an AI robot, and he is he's Will Smith. So it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. But yeah, Sophia scares the shit out of us. I will add uh, on the robot category, uh, Boston Scientific. You need to quit it. <laughs> The first robot was kind of cute. It looked like a dog. It, it basically yeah. jumped a little bit and it's, it kind of walked. Now the robots look like scorpions and they climb walls and they shoot guns and they're creeping me out big time. Like scientific, Boston scientific, quit it. You're scaring me. God damn it. Yeah, no, that shit is scary as hell. So there is a episode, a Black Mirror episode, where these dogs Mm -hmm. are actually sent to kill humans. That is some freaky, crazy shit. And they look like these Boston scientific dogs, let alone these freaking robots who are like, 
I mean, they look like militarized almost robots that can go like anywhere and do just about it backflips and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Dude, the eighties is the future. Oh yeah. Robocop terminator like (laughs) anything you want to know about the future just go watch movies from the 80s so the next one is one of my favorites because i love the movie it what was the robot um it was on like a tread like a a tank tread and it had arms because it was like johnny five is alive yes five is alive because he got struck by (laughs) lightning (laughs) that's a stupid fucking movie dude uh so yeah creepy clowns from from oh. from Hertz Donuts. So we talked about this last week. This is the coolest thing and the funniest thing in the world. But yet, go to YouTube. I told you I was going to say this. Go to YouTube. Look up Creepy Clown Hertz Donuts. And that's the name of the company, Hertz Donut. That's fucking awesome, too. And look at, dude, it is the funniest thing ever. They send these these clowns into the office with donuts to deliver and just scare the shit out of people. It is freaking hilarious. It's totally hilarious. And every business should do something <laughs> like this because it's awesome. But yeah. Creepy Clowns Delivering Donuts. Awesome. All right, dude. This is This is brand new. Scariness. Yeah. Okay. Our boy uh, Tupper sent this uh, job posting on Facebook mm-hmm. for research scientist, which isn't threatening. Yeah. Research scientist, virtual humans. <laughs> what? Okay. Facebook is apparently developing like virtual human beings uh, because they don't have enough human users. They want virtual users too. But this is going to be like 3D. It goes way, ab- way beyond like hologram peep, like. This is you in virtual form showing up to work, or this is you. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is all really creepy stuff because, like, robots are enough to think about. Now we've got virtual humans roaming the halls of the workplace, roaming the mall, uh, whatever. So holograms. I mean, that's that's the thing that we're talking about, right? Facebook's virtual humans. Let's just leave it at that, and we'll we'll keep an eye on on it. Are they working on. with Cambridge Analytica on this so that they can have like virtual trolls that? as well. well let's hope not working with Boston Scientific because then then I'm just leaving yeah. the planet. Bullshit. And last but not least, <laughs> I always feel like somebody's watching, watching me. me. I have no privacy. Oh. All right, more 80s references. Rockwell, the hit song, Somebody's Watching Me. Uh, the last thing that scares the hell out of us, Google is now on their G Suite watching you and whether or not you're using the software big brother man so, yeah so if you're using this to recruit if you're using google hire whatever your boss will find out if you're not using it so you better use your freaking google license well and i don't know if you remember this but we earlier this year actually talked about slack doing the same thing so slack uh because yeah. that is again that that is used in many organizations is starting to better understand sentiment mm-hmm. and some of the messages and some of the uh the documents and things like that to better understand how happy or sad your employees are and possibly if they're getting ready to leave. So those types of things, it's like, you got to be really. Yep. So everyone's going to be popping Xanaxes. So big brother doesn't know how they're feeling and what they're going to be up to. Yeah. Beautiful. We out. We out. (laughs) Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Celeste Chiffre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.